Alrighty, I'd like to welcome you all once again. Something unusual, an awful cool morning here in Florida. Thank you for bearing it and coming out. We get uh, so many, so many excuses that we can use not to show up here and it's good that we can all come together. Ain't it always worthwhile once we get here? And it's always that challenge of just getting out the door, but once we get here, it just makes it all worthwhile. And, uh, you know, when we sit here and we listen to the message, there's a lot of times that we feel like, well, that's directed at me. I don't know how they does it, how they know it. It's just, it's coming all right at me. Well, that's, that's God. That's God. He knows who needs what and when. And there's sometimes it feels like, well, that's really not doing nothing for me at all. And that's, that's all part of it too. But today, I think I got some, something that we all can relate to in one form or another. If you don't fit into this category, you'll fit into another one. So, so uh, don't, uh, don't give up the ship yet. I think we've got something for everybody today. And we'll, we'll listen and see how that goes and see how you feel about it at the end. There was a, as I was working on this this week, there was a lot of different scripture I could have used. And um, I kind of kept it, I kind of scaled it back because there's some other stuff I want to use for another time. That's the amazing thing about God's Word, that you can keep using it again and again and again for multiple purposes, because God's got so much meaning into it, and it's so, so much uh, alive. And, and as we start connecting pieces, we see a bigger portion of the picture and a bigger portion of the picture, and it just keeps growing and just changing into something else and just becoming more and more interactive with us there there's nothing like the word of god if you spent some real time in the word there's no doubt that you know that this is our letter from god i just love the word of god so let's uh, have a word of prayer dear heavenly father we thank you for this opportunity today father just to get into your word just to, to study it father to be able to hear it we, we ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. And as always, Father, I ask you to just take myself out of the way, Father, and just let your message shoot through. Just use me as your, your vessel, your tool, Father, your, your speaker today, Father. And we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. So, we're continuing on the, the path that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. You know, we've been talking about ourselves, and we've moved on to a little bit of expansion and talking about how we function together as a church and so I, I said earlier that there's a little something for all of us today so it depends on what category you fit in whether you're you're here with me today physically or if you're listening online at a later point you should be fitting in somewhere because you're you're here you're here you listen to this you're seeking something and you're wanting to accomplish something, and uh, we're wanting to learn, we're wanting to get that closer relationship with God, we're wanting to understand who this Jesus fella is, and what he, he does for us, and how he's part of our lives, and we're, we're looking for things. If we're part of an existing church body, we're wanting to learn how to, how to grow it, how to make it better, how to bring more people in. We want to see souls saved. We want to see lives changed. We want to be a difference in, in the community. We want to be that beacon of light that represents God. And then we might be, be looking for something. We might be looking for a place to, 
to call home, that we want to join up to, that we want to be a part of. But we've got to make sure that we're in the right kind of place, that we're looking for the right kind of things, that we're looking for a, a good fit. You know, it's going to be beneficial. It's going to give us the things that we need and not the things that's going to be a hindrance in our lives because there's many false teachers and many false prophets and there's people that's got an agenda that does not fit God. We have to be careful about all these things. And then we have that third group that's not quite to that point yet. They know that there's something missing in their lives and they're seeking something. They're trying to fill that hole and they're not kind of trying to see, well, you know, what about this, this Jesus fellow? What about this whole church thing? And then there's some of us that came, and maybe that experience wasn't so good. Maybe something happened. Maybe we was in one of them places that wasn't quite doing a godly works, and there was some kind of a, a conflict or some kind of a pain. It just didn't quite work out. Perhaps you was... One of them children that was dragged everywhere, dragged to church on Sunday, dragged to church on Wednesday. And you never was there because you wanted to be, but you was there by force. But yet, some of that stuff happened to rub up on you. And now that you're a little bit older, a little more mature, you're thinking about it. And wait, there's something that's missing. Maybe there's something I need to revisit. Maybe there's something I need to do a little different. We all have that one common denominator that we're all seeking something and it's all within the realm of God. And we're going to look at them and that's these topics today. We're going to look at how, how it affects us. Now the problem that we share, and we're going to look at the, at the first two, is the people that's, that's here. The people that's part of it and the people that's looking around the realm of, of church. And we're going to look at these things, and we're going to look at one more thing a little bit later. We'll start there. We'll start about now. If I asked you the question, do you want to be like Jesus? Well, heck yeah, I do. Of course, that's the right answer, right? Because we're, after all, we're here. We're listening to the Word of God. We're sitting here in church. We want to be more like Jesus. That's the whole point, right? We want to be more like Jesus. See, that's one of those things that's, easy to say because it's the right thing to say it's what we've been conditioned to say but that's where it ends because we don't do it in action because if we look at what we do and we look at all the examples that Jesus has given us to see what he did they don't match up we're doing totally different things And let's, uh, let's look at the, let's look in the Word. Let's look at Luke 23, and we'll start in 32. I'm sure you heard this one somewhere along the way. Luke 23 and 32. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. And when they were to come into the place, which is called Calvary, they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and one on the left, said then, Jesus, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. And they parted his remnant and cast lots. And the people stood holding, and the rulers also with them divided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of the God. 
And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offered him vinegar, and saying, If thou the king of Jews, save thyself. And the superscription also is written all over the letters of the Greek and the Latin and the Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And the malefactor was hanging, railed him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But others answered, rebuked him, saying, Thou dost not fear God, seeing thou art not the same condemnation. And we indeed justly for receive our due reward and deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. And when he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me, thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So we're gonna gonna back up a little bit, and we're gonna oh well, maybe we're gonna jump forward. How about that? We're gonna jump forward. So let's say that we're we're established. We're we're part of a a body of Christ. What's one of our purposes? We want to attract others. We want to increase the flock. Because we want to we want to spread the word. You know, we're supposed to have God in our lives. We accept Jesus. Jesus cleanses. Jesus washes over us. And each and every day, we're supposed to be seen reflective in the in the blood of what Jesus is. We're supposed to be that beacon of light that shines on the others. We're supposed to be giving our testimony, telling how God has changed our lives, what he does for us each and every day. We're supposed to be telling them how wonderful our gathering place is. We call church. And what that's all about. What does that represent? What does that mean? We want to increase the herd. We want to share our joy. That's what I like about standing up here before you. I get to look at God's word. And I get to, to share it. And I got a captive audience right here. You got to you got to stay here and you got to listen till I'm done. Otherwise, it's rude. You know, there's no excuses that you gotta gotta get home to start dinner, or you gotta go pick up the kids. You got this block to cut out every single week. That's the same every single week. So we know if you're here, you're here for a reason. You're here to hear it. And I like to I like to talk about my God. I just, I just find it amazing. I, I look in the Word and I see all these amazing things. And I like to be able to, to reflect that. And we should be all be sharing our God in our own, own form. Now the question is, who do we share it with? Now be honest. This is not a an out loud question. This is an internal question that I want you to, to think about, to ponder. What kind of people do you want to see walking through the door? What kind of people do you see when you turn to the left and the right and you look in front of you and behind you? Who do you want feeling the rows, the seats, the pews? Who do you want with you? Many times we want a reflection of ourselves. We want people that are just 
like us. You know, uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about Jesus and the Pharisees questioned him. And he's asked him, he said, why is it that you go and you eat with these sinners? And you go and you eat with these politicians? He picked Matthew, which was a, a tax collector. It's an unsavory bunch. And Jesus tells him that these are the people that are in need. These are the ones that need me, that need to learn, that need to, to hear. But yet, we're not looking for, for these kind of people. Instead of looking in, in different places, we're looking for more of the same. You know, we have all these churches up and down each and every road we go to. You're hard-pressed to turn down road that has got any kind of links to it whatsoever and not find some form of a church. And you know, the thing of it is, we all serve the same God. No matter what kind of denomination you want to throw up on it, no matter what you want to call it, the bottom line is we serve the same God. And we should all be working for that common purpose. We all should be the church of Jesus. But yet, it almost seems like that we're in competition with one another. I don't, as a rule, I don't try to pull anyone from another church. That is counterproductive to what the way we should be doing. We should be looking for people that don't have a place. But yet, it seems like it's a, it's a competition to have the best entertainment, to have the best music, to have the, the most fancy preacher, the, to have the most amenities. If this was a, a football team, they try to recruit the, the best players. And they give them bonuses and incentives to come be part of that team because they want the team to be the best. And we see that Oftentimes, uh, preachers will get recruited to another church with the promise of better amenities and higher pay. We see that other officials will get taken from one place and moved to another because we want a better establishment. We want to, to gather more people. But that's just numbers. I hope you're here because you want to hear the Word of God. If you're here because I crack a joke every now and then, you think that's the funniest thing going, then you're in the wrong place. 
if it's the, the music program that brings you in the door, it's not working. If it's the, the free coffee and donuts, try again. It's only receiving the absolute true Word of God. Me and my wife was talking the other day, and uh, she's wanting to get her another study Bible. Hers is getting a little war and want to upgrade it a little bit. And uh, she was asking about a, a different version. Because, you know, uh, that's been one of the things throughout the years. They want to make it. That's one of the challenges many people have is, is that the, the word is a little hard to read. Because of the, the language, you know, there's sometimes when, when I'm up here and I'm reading out loud and you see them words coming up, you just kind of kind of cringe a little bit because you know you're going to mess it all up because it's, it's difficult. And so uh, that's what they've tried to do many times is to change up to another version to make it easier to read. So she was asking me about a different version, and, and I said, absolutely not. And here's why. I said, first of all, there's pieces missing. God tells us in his word not to add anything to it, not to take anything away. So when we take something out of there, when we add to it, well, automatically we got a problem. But if you, you know, really want to look, you can, technology today makes it real easy to do some side-by-side -side comparisons of the different versions. And we can see what's been changed from one version to another. And by changing a few words around, even just one might make it a little easier to say, a little easier to read. But another thing you've got to be very, very careful about is that the changing of one word can also change the meaning. You know what, with a little bit of practice, with a little bit of, of study, we can find ourselves being able to comprehend the little harder to read versions. We just got to put a little more effort into it. You know, and sometimes I wonder, maybe is that by design? Because when it's a little bit harder, sometimes we have to go back again and, and kind of reread it again and look at it again and look at it a little more closely. And maybe that's what we need sometimes. And that's the amazing part of God's Word. You know, you can look at something and it's almost sometimes like something will jump off at the page at you. God knows what you need and when you need it. But we have to be careful. But we're always, we're looking for, for people that's, that's like us. God tells us we are the body. Because it's made up of a bunch of different parts. So what does it do if we already got a bunch of thumbs and we just add a bunch more thumbs to the mix? We need everything. You know, as part of that, that process where we get so closed off that we think that we have it all figured out. I don't care how many classes you took. I don't care how many Sundays you spent in church. I don't care how many hours 
You spend reading the Bible. I don't care if you're a preacher. I don't care if your profession is to teach the Word of God. No one is an expert. Because there's just too much. There's just too much. And it's constantly getting better. We keep adding more to it. We keep learning more. And the more that we learn, the more is unlocked. The more we can learn. The more that we can study. You know, if this was a, an English book, if this was a math book, we could go through it four or five times and pretty well have it mastered. But we can keep reading the Word of God. We can keep reading each and every individual scripture and keep getting more and more from it. God will keep giving. It is an everlasting source of knowledge. So when our source material is so grand and so vast, there is... No way you can master that. Not to mean we shouldn't try. Not to mean that we shouldn't give it a good effort. But never think that you have it all figured out. In my ministry journey, there's been many times that I thought things were a certain way, but as God has revealed more to me, it's like, whoa, wait a second. Maybe I didn't quite have that figured out quite as much as I thought I did. Things change. Things evolve. God is constantly molding us and shaping us into who we're supposed to be. What we're supposed to be. It takes this entire lifetime. And even then, we don't have it all figured out. So we're looking for people that's just like us. So then, we're looking. Oftentimes, I get to talk to people, and they'll uh, have a certain set of criteria that they're looking for. And much of it oftentimes evolves around the amenities. What can you do for me? What is your selling points? It's like we're shopping for a, a hotel or a, a vacation getaway. What can you do for me? Why are you worth my time? Can you fulfill my needs? I can count on one time, one hand, how many times that I've been asked about what version of the Bible do you use? What are you teaching? And everything else is, what can you do for me? What are your selling points? Why should I stay here or why should I go down the road? After all, we have so many choices. So many times we come in to a new place. And what do we want to do? Instead of being part of what's new, 
We want to change it to what we know, what we want it to be. Can you preach this way on this subject in this order? Because that's what I'm used to. Nope, I'm sorry. I was here first. And uh, also, I have a, an order that I use, and it's set up by, by God. We, we follow what he wants to talk about, not what you want to talk about. Not even what I want to talk about. I don't know how many times I've had something all laid out that I want to go and do. And then at the last minute, I find myself changing verses and, and changing subject matter because God's laid it on my heart to do something different. But I've found out the hard way many, many times that it's best to do what he wants to do. And no matter what I got to redo or do over and what my feelings are is irrelevant, we need to do what he wants to do. And it always works out better for everyone involved in the long run when we do it God's way. There's so many times that we, we want to come in and we want to change everything the way that we want to do it. And I get it because we're all human and change is hard. So many times we have problems somewhere else. We like the, the format, we like the sound, we like everything, except there was one little issue. You know, we don't get along. There was a, a decision we didn't agree with, so we're going to have to move somewhere else. But we want to take all the stuff we liked, and we want, to, we want to take it with us. And then we want to be here, and we want to keep everything just the same. We want a bunch of carbon copies of what I always got. I had one person tell me one time, and said... I never, never ask anyone to church. And I said, well, why? Because I like it just the way it is. All these things I'm telling you today, these are all selfish, human, fleshless motivations. We're not looking at what our purpose is. We're not looking at what God wants. We are simply looking at what we want. And when we do that, we're saying, well, fooey on everyone else. My feelings are what's important. No, saving souls is what's important. So about 26 minutes ago, we ran read from the Word of God, and we was uh, talking about the crucifixion. And we see that we have Jesus in the middle. You ever seen it on any kind of video? They always have him in the middle. He's always slightly forward. And I imagine that's the way it should be. Right in the middle. Right in the forefront. All eyes on Jesus. Right in the middle of everything. And then we have two thieves. And they even go to say that this man done nothing. Talking about Jesus. He's guilt free. But yet, we, we belong here. We did things, and we belong here. And I think that's very important that they point that out. Because they are, there's no mistake, there's no question about it. They belong here. They did 
bad things. And we see some of the, the typical responses. The one, he's, he's being mocking. Well, if you really who you say you are, go ahead and save yourself. Oh, and by the way, if you're going to do it, go ahead and save me too. Go ahead and save me too. Why? I don't know, because I deserve it. Because I think I'm special in my own right. I'm going to be disrespectful. Ain't this you know, so, so typical? We're disrespectful to God. We mock God, but yet, well, God, go ahead. If you're going to do something, go ahead and give it to me too. I've never been there for you. I've never relied on you. I've never had faith, but, you know, go ahead and give it to me too. But then we have this other, other guy. He's just as guilty. We don't know what his life looked like. We know he's there for a reason. He's the one himself that says we deserve to be here. I deserve to be here. I deserve to get what I'm getting. Well, the difference is that he has faith. He knows who Jesus is. He believes in all his heart that he knows who Jesus is. Stands up for Jesus. He's in this dire situation. And what does he do? He stands up for Jesus. And Jesus tells him, Today, you will be with me in paradise. You know, this guy, he didn't have time to do any kind of sacrifice, to do, build an altar, to, to do all the things of that time that you would have to do to have forgiveness. Now, he committed his crime. He was locked up. He was thrown upon this crucifix he's gonna die i don't know what his life looked like but i would imagine that this probably wasn't the first time that he's done something he's probably had pretty rocky past i don't think he was your typical churchgoer or maybe he was depending on what your definition of a churchgoer is hmm think about that one there for a moment so he just simply has faith. And Jesus pardons his sins. He says, today you will be with me in paradise. And this tells us so many things. First, what I've just been talking about, how it's a, a parable to how we live life today. But also that... Anyone can be forgiven. Anyone can be forgiven. At any point, anyone can be forgiven. 
there's certain people that you talk to and they kind of stand out to you because you had an experience with them. And sometimes it's a good experience. Sometimes it's a bad experience. And sometimes it's just a, a regret. I feel like sometimes in my life that I had the opportunity to talk to people and I just didn't get through. You know, God gives us opportunities. He puts us in front of people that we can, can talk, we can share, share Jesus. I got to talk with a, a couple one time and and um, lady was really desperate. Her husband was deathly ill in the final stages of, of cancer. And she was of a different nationality and Christianity was not on the forefront. We know how we do, how God, we just talked about how God puts us through trials because and how suffering is a part of it because we get so desperate that we have to seek God. And I kind of felt this was one of the, the, the situations. And I got to, to talk with this lady at, at length. And uh, we, we traveled the Roman road together. And she accepted Jesus into our heart. And we did a lot of praying, praying for her husband. And this man that was only supposed to had a few months wound up having several more years to go and this was another one of these things you know this suffering was a determining factor in her life because okay she saw prayer work the doctor said this was what was going to happen and we said no god's got a different story this is the story we want to follow so we had faith and she was able to carry on longer. You know, that's, a, that's an impactful story. But then, sometimes we have people that we just can't seem to get through. And another fellow, I just don't think I was able to get him to fully understand the concept of, of salvation. Because we were talking about different things and he was talking about his, his mother, how his mother was such a, a good person and a kind heart. And he just knows for a fact that she was in heaven. And, you know, I guess that a normal person would just agree with that and go on. But I'm not a normal person. <laughs> I have to I have to make sure that we have an understand. I don't like it when things just slide underneath the radar when it comes to our God. We gotta have an understanding of who God is and how He works because it's literally life or death. I want to believe that everyone's mother is in heaven. But I cannot guarantee it. Because only God knows and that person knows what's in their hearts. We can look at their fruits. And I said, well, if she was a good person, if you've seen good fruits, I explained that the good fruits come from a good heart, that we see what's on the inside because that's what comes out. And I said, that's a good indication. But I asked him, I said, did she ever proclaim salvation? Did she ever accept Jesus into her heart? 
Well, well I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I asked him, I said, well, what about you? Have you ever accepted Jesus into your heart? Do you know what that means? Do you, do you yourself know, without a shadow of a doubt, if you will wind up in heaven? I'd, I'd like to think so. I could do good things. Sir, sir, good things, acts is not what gets us into the heaven. It is faith. And we went round and round and round, and, and it just didn't seem to stick. And he said, well, I just, I, I explained to him, and I, we talked about this man on the, on the cross here. I said, this man, he was, he was bad, but he accepted Jesus. He had faith. And even though all that, he was able to overcome. He was able to make it to heaven. And he said, no, there's no way. He said, there's people. There's murderers. There's, there's people that harm people. I said, he said, there's no way that they can be in heaven. I said, no, that's where you're wrong. He said, because that's how, that's how good, that's how loving our God is, that anybody can be forgiven. Anybody can be forgiven. God gave us this example right here. So what's my point of all this? We just storytelling today? No, there is a point. Anyone can be forgiven. So what happens when someone walks through the door and we don't like their past? We want to get rid of them. We want to move them along. Or we want them to conform. We've seen over the last few years that church oftentimes gets a bad rap because they might turn people away for a certain reason. For instance, let's say that a same-sex couple wanted to come in. They wanted to get married here in our halls. And for many of us, the answer would be, that's not going to work. One thing that really plagued us as a church is that we have a mentality of because I say so. Because it's wrong. Because God says. Anybody else has ever had a child? Those kind of tactics don't work because they don't explain anything to us. All it does is, is makes us want to try it because we want to know why. You tell a toddler, don't touch the stove. Okay, why? Don't touch the stove because it's hot. It will burn your hand. It will hurt. Oh, wait, that makes sense. We got this idea that we are never supposed to question God. But God never said we're not supposed to ask questions. 
Big difference. Big difference in the two things. And just because you're standing up here where I'm standing out today or just because you've been sitting out there in one of them seats for the past 45 years does not make you an expert and does not make you have authority or make you better than the person that's walking through for the very first time. We're all at different walks. And there are people that's been in church all their life that still don't have the relationship with God that they should because they've never put forth the effort or did their part. And many times that we just go through the motions for so long that we realize that we're not where we're supposed to be, but yet we still do nothing about it because we don't want to seem foolish or that we've wasted a bunch of time. Church should be a safe place for us to come and to hear the word. You know, it's not... My job or anybody else's to tell you no. My purpose up here is to give you God's word. Let you hear it. Now, what do we do when we hear the word? We gain faith and we allow the Holy Spirit to work. So what would I do if I'm presented into a, a situation? I would do the exact same thing I would do with anyone else, with your normal couple. Okay, fine. You want to do that? We need to go through counseling. So we can sit down and we can look at what God's word has to say about things. You know, that was there. I don't have to tell you no. I don't have to tell you anything. Because God is very self-explanatory about what he expects from each and every one of us. We expect people to walk in and to be just like us from the very beginning. Why don't we give them a chance to hear God's word? Why don't we give them a chance for God to work on them a little bit? We do so many things in the name of God. We're not any better. We're all sinners. We all just got different sins. But we think that some things are just totally unforgivable. And if they don't meet our standard, we want to chop it off. Just chop it off at the knees and be done with it. Cast it out. That's a good stopping point for today. We'll continue on next week and talk more about some of the things that we do and how we're not pleasing God very well. Let's have a word of prayer.